Welcome to another episode of Women Rise Up. You have the power to go from being a warrior woman to a warrior woman, and we're here to help you. I'm your host, Jacqueline Withers. Follow us on KingdomWomenRising.org. You can get more information about each episode and download a free ebook, The Kingdom Life, by the president of KWR. Peggy Grimes. You'll also find information to request a free bondage breaker session. The title of this week's message is, Who Are You Serving? Philippians 4.13 reads, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Most translations are equally simplified. That's from the New King James Version. However, the Amplified Version reads, I can do all things which he has called me to do, through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. This translation gives a very detailed description of what Paul was saying. Nevertheless, some people think and act like this verse reads this way. I can do all things for Christ who strengthens me. Did you catch the difference? It's a trick of the enemy. Performance-driven people work to satisfy themselves or others. In the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, both in chapters 4, the devil tempted Jesus to perform when he said, Let me see you turn these stones to bread. Of course, Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. That didn't stop the devil. How about throwing yourself off this temple and let me see if angels will catch you? Jesus didn't fall for it. No pun intended. He said, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Finally, Satan, knowing that people love to be seen worshiping, asked Jesus to bow down and worship him. Of course, that failed. Jesus replied again with the word by saying, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Performance anxiety trips up a lot of people. The story of Martha and Mary is case in point. Luke 10 verses 38 through 42 reads, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. The story of Martha and Mary used to depress me. I would skip over it when studying the Gospel of Luke. If this was the preacher's message in Sundays, I'd zoned out or squirmed until it was over. If it were a message on the radio or television, I'd just turn from the station. It grieved me because I didn't understand the lesson Jesus was trying to teach. I only saw Martha doing her best to be a good host. When the company arrived, Martha greeted them at the door and welcomed Jesus and his disciples into their home for dinner. 
We don't know when Jesus first met this family, but he had a close bond with them. Martha is quite excited about making a great impression. I imagine that Martha prepared great dishes. The aroma of her food would flow out the windows and the neighbors would salivate whenever she cooked. Martha would have plucked the finest wheat and barley from her garden. Next, she would have taken parched grain to bake bread for her guest. Her menu likely included a lovely stew with lentils. Since Israelis enjoyed a lot of fish, she probably had broiled a few pieces. Her garden likely produced fresh cucumbers and basil, all marinated in the finest olive oil. She also likely set out bowls of grapes, dates, figs, cheeses on the table, and olives. Martha was confident that Jesus would be pleased. Now, after all her efforts, what did Jesus say? Martha, Martha, you worried and troubled about many things. What I heard whenever I tried to read this story was, Go sit down somewhere, Martha. Your sister's doing the best thing to please me. Mary is listening and learning from what I'm saying. All this fuss you're making is insignificant. What? Why did I believe this lie of the enemy? He played on my insecurities caused by the criticisms and rejections I had experienced as a child. This wrong interpretation of the story left me feeling hopeless that I could ever please God. It's natural for the believer to want to please him. The Bible tells us to serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. But that wasn't a reference to dinner. Though we may certainly open our hearts and homes to share a meal with others. Perhaps Martha had the best of intentions. I don't know if she was competitive toward her sister while vying for Jesus' attention. This made me think of Leah and Rachel. Were they being competitive or were they jealous of each other? We know the word of God tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, not to compare ourselves to others, but competition isn't discouraged. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul said that all must run to win the prize. However, don't let pride or envy outrun you. Examine why you do what you do. Is it for Christ instead of through him? Are you serving to fill an emotional need or to anesthetize an inner ache? Getting a pat on the back for a well-done job feels good. But how does Jesus want you to serve? Are you being driven by how you see others serving? We should learn from this lesson and discern what is pleasing to the Lord according to Ephesians 5.10 in the New Living Translation. It uses the word discern. Paul was talking about a changed lifestyle and developing Christian characteristics. The scripture in Luke 10 doesn't state what lesson Jesus was teaching, but no doubt it was needful for all present to hear. James 2.26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Why is it that when you do something you want to do, you can remember to quote this verse. Then when God wants you to do something, you hem and haw or look for an excuse as to why you just can't. There are times when hospitality is warranted. However, every time Jesus went to dinner, it became an occasion for him to serve by teaching or healing. We don't know whose house Jesus was at when he called Matthew to follow him in, in Matthew 9. 
But the scripture says he was with tax collectors and sinners, the social riffraff of the day. How many times have you invited them to dinner? Anyway, again, in Matthew, Mark and Matthew and in the book of Mark record Jesus at Simon, the leper's home teaching in Luke 7, 36. The host didn't even give him water to wash his feet. That became a lesson, too. Jesus next had dinner at the chief Pharisee's house in Luke 14, 1. Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house in Luke 19, verses 5 through 27. Even then, it was so he could teach. Martha wasn't looking for a lesson when Jesus arrived. If she had, she wanted it after dinner. Jesus doesn't have to adhere to our schedules. We have to follow his. There's a saying, the teacher will come when the student is ready. The teacher had come, and Lazarus and Mary were ready. Martha wasn't. Make sure your priorities in, are in order so what you do for Christ will last. Colossians 3.23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. This isn't contrary to Philippians 4.19. There Paul said, I can do all things which he has called me to do. Refrain from sacrificing your time or talent by doing many things to satisfy some inner longing to be significant. I used to do that and just wore myself out. One of my associates told me she went out early every day before work, including Sunday before church to hand out tracts. In the evenings, she went to the hospital to evangelize several days through the week. She also helped out with her elderly mother, and of course was available as often as her pastor had something for her to do. I asked her when she studied the Bible. She had a very stunned look on her face and never answered that question. In Luke chapter 2, the Bible says that Anna did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. If that's what Jesus calls you to, he, he will give you the strength to do just that. But don't try to imitate Anna if that's not what he called you to do. You will not make get very far trying to impress your pastor or anyone else. Lastly, in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 in the NIV version, Martha is still serving and Mary is still worshiping. It reads, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Had Martha learned her lesson? I think she did by this time. She's now using the gift of hospitality to the glory of God. Jesus came to serve, not be served. Now, before I end this message, hear this. If your pastor asks you to clean the bathroom, humbly do so to the glory of God. If a sick or elderly neighbor needs you to do the same thing, do it with the attitude Christ had. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Then you'll be able to do all things through Christ who will strengthen you. Amen. Things are happening in the spiritual realm. We need to wake up, rise up, and prepare for our Lord's return. 
That's it for this week's uh, ladies. Continue working on your affirmation list. This week we're up to the letter H and I'm using hopeful from Acts 2415. God bless and we'll get together again next week.